As you all know, Sharp Football Analysis is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. And this week, we are opening up the entire site to everyone. 2021 Sharp Football Free Week is here, and all our picks, analysis, fantasy coverage, props, content will be free and open to the public. Sign up at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Go follow the site handle on Twitter at sharpfbanalysis for all the content and play releases throughout the week. That's sharpfootballanalysis.com and Sharp fb analysis on twitter to take advantage of sharp football free week 2021 hello welcome to the sharp angles podcast i'm dan pizzuta joined here as always by rich rebar it's here we go we go week 11 kind of feel like we we go through this every week it, somehow it's already week 11. Somehow it's only week 11. I'm not not <laughs> totally sure, but uh, how are we doing this week? We're doing good. Yeah, I mean, we're closing in. We're already mid, mid-November, making moves. Uh, we're starting to get, what, the, the playoff seeding talk now in, in the NFL, which is always fun. And it's wide open this year, pretty much. I mean, AFC is wide open. Back end of the NFC is going to have some weird teams make it. We'll see who ends up getting in. But uh, yeah, we're, I feel, we're like, I feel the, like the front half of the AFC is going to have some weird teams. Right. Make it. <laughs> yeah. The, the, <laughs> like the that, whole that's AFC, how weird we are right now. <laughs> the entire season, the, the back end of the NFC is going to have some team. You'll be like, wow, that team was a playoff team. Uh, kind of like how the Bears were last year. You're like, oh, yeah, you, people forget like the Bears were in the playoffs last year. They actually were in a playoff game. Uh, we're going to be like that this year. <laughs> yeah. Nickelodeon, maybe. Most valuable the, player. The MVP. Mitch Trubisky. Uh, <laughs> MVP. Yeah, Never so forget. we're going to see like someone like the I don't know, like the Falcons or watch like this, watch like the Seahawks back backdoor their way in, right? Like in some weird way. Uh, so we'll see how this plays out. But we're kind of in that mode though, where we're keeping uh, you know everything kind of glued to like who's winning and a little bit of uh, positional jo- jockeying right now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a place where heading into last week the the Falcons were that seven seed in the and we'll, we're recording this before Thursday night football. You'll be listening to this after Thursday Night Football, but uh, I wrote about the Falcons last week and their offense. Be like, hey, they're they're doing some cool things, and then uh, yeah, and then they did zero cool things <laughs> uh, on on Sunday. So yeah, well, DNP's uh, warped into old DNP's. He said, you know, uh, we're just gonna start sending some some Cover Zero blitzes at Dak, and uh, we're just gonna see how this works out. And, yeah, which, uh, which is something like we've we've talked about. Dak is one of the most blitz quarterbacks in the league. It doesn't make any sense. He's so good against it. He was so good against it uh, the last week, um, and it's just and that it doesn't make uh, a, a whole lot of sense. Um, so if we're gonna skip around, let's. I mean, let's you got we got a little start with the haymaker. Yeah, sure. Jump jump in with with Dallas and and Kansas City because. This is a, you know, it's a, a, a really like a fun game, especially with what the Chiefs are, are coming off of. You know, we saw a whole bunch of are are the Chiefs back, and like mm-hmm. uh, my section on them in, in first and ten this week was like kind of jokingly, like titled that because it, it like exactly what we talked about last week happened. The Raiders are one of those teams that they, they they're they're a cover three team, right? They they want to do the, the Gus Bradley Seattle thing. They play single high uh, pre snap at one of the highest rates in the league. They play single high post snap at one of the highest rates in the league, and, and especially on early downs, like that's that's what they did. And I know there's there's been a lot of talk that like if if you are that team, like you can't necessarily change, but like every other team in the league has been. So the Raiders don't really you know have 
that much of an excuse if like they they weren't comfortable playing you know some too high coverage and obviously that you know might not have completely changed what happened but mm-hmm. uh in terms of the chiefs like it wasn't just because the single high like they they pulled out some things that we kind of saw from like old chiefs teams a lot of this this screen game worked a little bit when they had man coverage they were really taking advantage of some of those routes so um i think it's going to be you know real fun to see you know maybe that's kind of the the, the momentum they needed that little like you know, it kickstart uh, a little bit to, to get maybe like the, the brain juices moving again to get a little more creative on offense to, to figure out what is going to work uh, for this second half of the season as, as now we go in against Dallas. We had talked about the Chiefs. Like they were doing a lot of things to, to you know, schematically to combat the defense they're facing. It was literally just, you know, you know, execution and, you know, you know, and making mistakes that were kind of preventing them. And you saw last week, I mean, they did have the, the one uh, special teams turnover, but you know, that you keep, you play clean offense and you make some of those 50, 50 balls, right? Like the Daryl Williams catch, like some of those swing, they swing out of variance swings in your direction. And then you end up, you know, blowing the lid off of blowing the lid off the thing. But they, you know, like I said, I've always, we've talked about it on the show for weeks, like schematically they've been doing the things to combat this. And we've also seen them really start to kind of lock in on, on, on ball control, like in a weird way. Cause they want, they've kind of realized like their defense is just not going to be good. And so like the, the best thing to do is just not have their defense on the field. And they've kind of started to go that route as well, offensively. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting too, to see what the Cowboys do defensively, because like, they're another team that like you said, they could change, but like, if they do go to like, uh, you know, you know, two high safeties and cover two, like they don't really have like really good coverage safeties or good coverage linebackers. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, they've been a, a more of an aggressive defense. So let's see what they do. Uh, see how they want to come out. Because it's also not a really good defense when they don't have the turnover variance, right? Like this is a team that's got multiple turnovers in every game but two. And they it swung back last week. Um, and, and that Falcons offensive line, oh, my goodness, that Falcons offensive line last week was just a train wreck. But, you know, when the Cowboys don't generate turnovers, they're also a team that just gives up a ton of yards and a, and, and a ton of, uh, you know, big plays. So I do think that this game still could be like a really fun shootout type game um, because the other side, you know, the, the Cowboys side, I just think that their offense is built to really combat just about everything any defense does. If you want them to go run the football with two tight ends, they can do that. If you want them to go three wide receivers, they can do that. Uh, You know, the the second play of the game, I have to point this out because I had it in first and 10. Um, Two tight ends and a six offensive lineman. They had a a, a four by one set um, from empty. I I think it was a four by one or it was a three by one, but uh, either way, there was a tight end, the six offensive linemen, and CD Lamb, and they ran a screen to Lamb, and like that was they had the the tight end or the offensive lineman split out wide. It was Connor McGovern, uh, and the play went for like thirty yards. Like that was in the second play of the game. They're just like whipping out stuff that is just like who does that? Like that that's how this offense is working right now. Yeah, what are, I mean, what are they going to do this offseason? Because I have to believe that Cal Moore is going to be a front runner for uh, interviews this off season and you've got Mike McCarthy, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, they've, they've been kind of grooming Kellen Moore to, to take over, but are they going to have that luxury? If they, if they have a deep playoff run, they're not just going to get rid of Mike McCarthy, but Kellen Moore has got to be on the forefront, like of most people's list this off season. Yeah, I would, I would think so. So it's, yeah, it's going to be uh, a very interesting uh, dynamic there. I mean, they had in the past, they haven't, 
been shy of, you know, booting somebody out to promote the guy they want to keep. Um, so we'll see how, how that goes, but yeah, that, that's a very, uh, that's something to watch, uh, going down the he's line. He's been awesome. Cal Moore has been his, he's in his bag all year. So good. And like, it's, it, it not only is it like a great, uh, the system and, uh, Steven Ruiz just, uh, wrote something for this, uh, on the ringer, um, on Thursday where it's not, it's not like a system. He's just like running really good plays that yes. work. <laughs> and like, that's what he said, like a, a, a two tight end, uh, six offensive lineman wide receiver screen is not part of any system. They're just like figuring out stuff that works and, and it's working. And you have the perfect quarterback in Dak, who's going, you know, we talked about this all the time. The guy who's able to uh, process everything pre-snap. He's able to process everything post-snap. And it's just like everything there is working. You know, the one hiccup against Denver aside, everything else has been just so good right now. And Dak, yeah, after, you know, Matthew Stafford had like a, did significant lead in EPA per play over the first part of the season. Dak Prescott now uh, leader among quarterbacks in, in EPA per play, just like that's, that's how well everything uh, there, there has been going. Um, and like you said, like they're, they're going to be able to, to pick apart this, this Kansas city defense. It, it doesn't really matter like what it, it is going to, what, who's, who's really playing like Kansas city's defense has, has been playing better, but their, their coverage options just, don't have the ability to not like hold up against the guys like whoever Dallas is going to be sending That's out. Why they've been aggressive, you know, and, and you can, it's, it's been working for them being aggressive against Daniel right. Jones and Jordan love, uh, but it's not going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, if, if they are going to send the blitz, like we've been talking last show when uh, they went against Jordan love, they, they sent that first blitz and like it worked and they were like, okay. All right, we're we're doing this the whole time. Like you, you can't do that against Dak. Like we just talked about at the top of the show. Uh, Dak has been one of the most blitz quarterbacks in the league. When blitz rates are down, blitz rates against you know the best quarterbacks are significantly down. And like no one blitzes Patrick Mahomes anymore because they know that's you know mm-hmm. not how you beat them. Um, but the teams are still blitzing Dak uh, for some reason. Except for Denver, they're, they're, Denver said we're going to try right. to get home at four. And they didn't blitz him at all, and, and they were able to get four man pressure. And that's right, the key. <laughs> but, but right, but one of the other things is like teams aren't usually getting those four man pressures, right. so they're getting desperate and starting to blitz. And and Dak against uh, the blitz against uh, Atlanta last week, uh, six four seven, um, seventy two yards, but uh, two touchdowns. So it was just like he's just able to in one point six. Uh, EPA per drop back. So he's just, he's able to pick apart what, whatever is coming and then they just have so many answers. Yeah. Um, that's the thing when people, cause you know, too high shell has been like the buzz, the buzz phrase like this NFL, well, this month, November, and literally, you know, so like, like cover two and like this defense has existed forever. Like it's not some new thing that like, right. are like, it, it's not like Dak Prescott's never faced uh, cover two or Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. But the thing is when you're four man pressure, and then you go back to two weeks ago when the Rams, the Bills, uh, and the Chiefs all were bad, like or, or the Cowboys. The most common thing in all those games was that those offensive lines just didn't hold up. The four-man pressure got there. The Jaguars were in the Bills' backfield the entire game. The same with the Broncos, and then the same with the Titans on Sunday night against the, the Rams. And it's like that's the key to making that work. That's the whole thing. It's not just you know, throwing two high safeties back there and saying, oh, this is going to stop everything. That's existed for years. 
Hey, we kind of talked about this, you know, against uh, like early in the season when I wrote about this for for the Bills when they were heading into that Chiefs game. Like they built their entire defense, and we have this too high structure, but we need to be able to rush four yes. and get home with four, and they can do that now. Uh, it's it's been a little you know hit or miss since then, but like they built that entire defensive line saying we need to get home with four uh, with the ability. Um, uh, to do that. And I think one of the cool things, like we won't talk about the Patriots because that, that game will already happen, but they have the highest pressure rate rushing for um, in, in the league right now. And um, you know, the, the thing is they, they don't rush for on, on a super high rate. They rush three, uh, a whole bunch. Uh, they, they don't have a, a high blitz rate, but they, they mix up so many of those looks. And I think like, that's one of those other things uh, that's coming to it. One more a quick note um, before we move on from this game, like Mahomes for all we've you know said about, uh, maybe he was like, you know, pressing at some points and, and having, you know, some of these turnover worthy plays. But if you look at what uh, SIS considers a, a bus play, which is a play with negative uh, one EPA or worse of um, of 35 quarterbacks with at least 100 pass attempts this year, Patrick Mahomes has the lowest bus rate. <laughs> Like, uh, he's just like, they still have these things where as poorly as they were playing, like they still have all these things going right. And uh, Dak is, is two. He has the second lowest bus rate. Um, and so uh, like, after talking about all, all of this, that the, the chiefs, everything, everything that's been going wrong, they, they can't do anything right. Teams have figured them out. The Mahomes is still playing as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. The chiefs are in first place in the AFC West. Um, so it's just. You know, it it, yeah, it only took it only sight. took a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, people lose sight though just how small of a sample like actually three NFL games are, right? Like yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It, it, and you know, we're seeing it now at the Bucks and the Rams are both kind of going through it and having losses. And it's kind of this, you know, it is a, a parody run league in general, and this season has been that way. Uh, you know, and, and remember, think just go back to like a time la- like this last year. We, I mean, we had the Chiefs obviously were good wire to wire, but like no one was really on the Bucks as being like a Super Bowl like team at this time last year. There were, I mean, there were people on it, but like you know, they were sit they they weren't sitting at like a dominant team in the league, and you, they go on a run. So we're going to see some teams make make runs here, and you know, kind of figure things out. Because that's what the NFL is, man. It's about getting hot at the right time. Yeah, I and mean, I mean, the Bucks. I just remember the Bucks being like such a high variance team. Like mm-hmm. they would kill people when we. I remember I did radio. I think before, I did the radio interview somewhere before before the playoffs started. And I was like, the Bucks could either like lose in the first round or win the Super Bowl, and, and neither one of those would surprise me. And I think we have like all of those teams this year. <laughs> I think every team we have that's going to be heading into the playoffs, like they could lose in the first round or win the Super Bowl. And I don't think any of us would be surprised. Like that's just, that's what we're set up here. And I think that's, that's making the regular season one weird, uh, but also kind of uh, exciting as we you know continue to go here. So um Let's uh let's hop back to to the some of the early games and I think uh, Green Bay Minnesota is a super interesting game because we saw Aaron Rodgers come back um kind of <laughs> um he was you know he was there in spirit uh, same thing with with Russell Wilson like that was not a well quarterbacked game uh last week which we which we talked about on, on the podcast last week too we had two quarterbacks coming off you know pretty significant layoffs um from not playing and it it looked like it throughout that game uh but that the Green Bay defense is is doing some you know cool things that was able to you know compensate for some of the the offensive production that wasn't there um Green Bay lost Aaron Jones 
uh, for a little bit, but AJ Dillon's just, you know, running guys over. Uh, and now it's going to go against the, you know, uh, Minnesota offense. That's kind of, you know, figuring some things out. Uh, Justin Jefferson is just like, he took over that game um, last week, especially like late in the fourth quarter when they, when they needed some, some big plays there. So, and we, we talked, kind of talked about the corners uh, as much as green Bay's figuring out some things they're they're really working through some things at, at outside corner. So I, I think that's going to be uh, a little bit of, you know, a, a struggle there, especially when you, when you have Jefferson, you have feeling who, you know, can be used like, and, but isn't always, uh, I think they're, they're still trying to figure out what to do on offense there. But I think this is a, a really, you know, just interesting matchup, especially with, when we talk about one of these teams, that's super high variance. Like, that's what the Vikings are, right? Like they can have come out and Justin Jefferson's going for almost 150 yards. Uh, and then you can have an, another game with them where, you know, they have like 150 yards on offense to, total. It, it feels like. Yeah. I mean, the Lions or the Vikings, you know, you see, I think about the Lions game in my head uh, when you were talking about that, but the Vikings, yeah. I mean, they're a team that, you know, they're the ultimate, like a play here, play there. That could be like eight and one, or even maybe nine and oh, like when you dissect the games and they just, you know, have a play swing in their direction, but give Mike Zimmer some credit, man. He went for it last week. Like they were, they were, he was, he was aggressive. They were going for fourth downs. They were playing to win that game. Uh, and they did, you know, there's a couple of times they could have kicked field goals and maybe it would have caught up them at the end of the game. Um, and we had Brandon Staley do the opposite, right? Like he kicked a field goal and, you know, instead yeah. of going for a touchdown and granted, you know, if Mike Williams catches the ball before that, it maybe they don't have to, but I'm intrigued for this, for the, the Packers, you know, defensively, because this little run that the Packers defense is on, you know, they've, you know, obviously Joe Barry, where he just came from, obviously coached with Brandon Staley and, you know, they, this is a team that doesn't really blitz a lot. They, they play light fronts and you look at the schedule recently, well, they've gotten away with it a little bit. Like you can play a lot of, of, of light fronts and play coverage against Seattle. You can do that against the chiefs. You can do that. Uh, well, against the Cardinals, they just held the ball for 40 minutes. <laughs> and the Cardinals didn't have the football. The Cardinals moved the ball fine in that game. They just didn't have it. Um, and I'm going to be curious if they do that, because if you want to give the Vikings a bunch of light, light boxes, like now you've got to contend with Dalvin cook. Uh, so, I mean, I'm very ex- inter- interested to see if they're able to roll over this defensive success and this uh, heater that they've been on because their style defensively actually suited a lot of their recent opponents. And I don't think that that's the case here. I think the Vikings will say, if you're going to come out with, you know, seven man fronts, like you're going to get a lot of Dalvin cook and the the Packers have seen a lot of Dalvin cook in the past. They had six touchdowns against him last year. Um, So yeah, I'm very intrigued schematically, you know, how the, if the Packers can stay as hot as they've been, because I do think the Vikings match up with them a little bit better than some of these recent teams where they've been able to just drop back and play shell coverage against yeah, and then that you know, I like you said, the Vikings are like we'll we'll run the ball forty times. Like if you're going to let us do that, like or we're going to do that. But then you know that opens up you know mm-hmm. some of those shot plays that are you know could be there to to Jefferson. So that's uh, it's really interesting. And then you know this, and they just played the Chargers the week before. You know the defenses aren't overly that different how they're they're playing. Right. Uh, so like they've it's playing them back to back weeks in a row might be advantageous for the Vikings in a sense. Yeah, that's that's certainly you know it could be uh, to a point, and you know even um, you know when you're you know looking at those outside corners, uh, it, you know Jeff- Jefferson was able to do you know Tavon Campbell a little bit, so you know wasn't really matched up uh, against one of their their better corners, but with uh, 
with Green Bay, you know, you kind of talked about it last week also, but they were kind of able to shut down. You know, I think Russell Wilson was, was forcing a, a lot of things uh, last week. I think he had, you know, uh, wrote in first and 10, I think the second highest ADOT um, in the league last week. Uh, but then had like the fourth lowest average depth of completion. But so there was like, he didn't complete thing. a he pass. Was, a deep pa- he didn't complete one downfield pass. Yeah. And I think a, a little bit of that was on him. A little bit of it was on, you know, the, the structure of the defense that, that doesn't really uh, allow that. So I, uh, you know, it, it is interesting because this, this Green Bay, like they're they're figuring out just enough, uh, I think, to to do well on on defense, especially it, with those safeties. Like they have two really good safeties, which is kind of the key to uh, having you know that type of structure, guys that can be able to go deep uh, and be able to you know have those run fits when you are playing those light boxes. And I think they they do have those guys who are able to you know come down a little bit. You know the, the Chargers have Derwin James uh, who can you know play all over the field. They don't really have you know, with those other guys. And we kind of, kind of talked about that earlier in the season about why they're kind of struggling in run defense and they don't really have the defensive line. And, you know, for New Green Bay, they, they do have some of those guys that Dalvadre Campbell at linebacker who's just, you know, been playing out of his mind, like is not playing in the way that Devondre Campbell has ever played uh, <laughs> to this point in his career. And like, he's been around a while and on a couple teams. So um, that, yeah, that's, that dynamic there is just uh, it, and like the, the Packers are right now, like they're, you know, kind of cruising toward that one seed because mm-hmm. yeah, everyone else kind of, you know, had their, had their losses. Um, last they, still week, got some, so. they still got some heaters. I mean, they got the Vikings twice. They got the Rams till next week, the Ravens and the Browns. Like, so like the rest of the run, they've got one against the yeah, bears and lions left, but they, they've still at least got to face some teams. And they've gone through it. You know, the, the, the chiefs game, I guess you can drop but They did face the Cardinals, the chiefs, the Seahawks. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely, the schedules here are going to be interesting. I and mean, we do talk about the Patriots, we, but you know, they're playing tonight and we won't hear this, but like their schedule from this point on Patriots run into some real good opponents too. We're going to find out a lot about a lot of these teams. Yeah. And I think that that's kind of the, the interesting part of like not having, you know, any dominant teams. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of teams that like at any week can look really good. And I think that's, that's what yeah, we're if the Vikings beat the Packers, you wouldn't even really blink. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk about uh, one of these teams that uh, can look really good or really bad. And that has, you know, depended on the quarterback play. But now they might have good quarterback play. We're going to talk Jets? about the character. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're talking about the Joe Flacco Jets. I know. Let's let's talk about the Carolina Panthers because this is suddenly a really fun team again. Um, just to kind of think about in theory, I, I don't know how it's going to sustain over um, a long period of time. But we saw Cam Newton come in uh, first two plays, two touchdowns. Um, you know, we kind of just saw the the QB power game work at the goal line. Cam Newton is like the best goal line player in. I mean, are maybe arguably the history of the NFL. Like he can just, you line up and like when Cam Newton comes into that game in that situation, you know, QB power is coming and like it, it didn't matter. Um, and then I, we saw I mean, the, they defended. He just put that dude in the ground. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like, that's, like you, you know, it's, you know, it's coming and it just, it doesn't matter. Um, it's not that like, yeah, it wasn't like a boot that, um, 
that had the, the defense going one way and like Cam booted another way. Like it, he ran into the defense who knew it was coming. And that's, that's kind of just what he gives you. And that's when he was working really well in new England um, early in the season last year, that's what they were able to do. Um, and they kind of built around that. And I think they're, they're going to be able to continue to do that. So that goal line um, offense is going to be great. And then we kind of saw you know, Robbie Anderson get involved in that second touchdown. Um, and, you know, we just had him, doing what he did last year, which is kind of what, what we talked about. Uh, we've talked about on this podcast, just getting Robbie Anderson from the slot, having, having that two way go and, and winning early in the route. Um, and then he was targeted like that also, you know, made, made a difference there. So um, I'm really interested to see what this Carolina offense looks like right now. Cause I think they can really scheme around some things to get some openings there. I think we, we've talked about this a whole bunch of times. Cam was a much better thrower downfield than I think a lot of people gave him credit for last year. They just didn't have a lot of people in New England who were able to get open down the field. So they didn't throw down the field uh, very often, but I think this just, opens up so much more for this offense to be dynamic. And I, I think like a flips really switches um, here. And even against the Washington team, that's now going to be down uh, chase young. It's out uh, Montez sweat. They don't really have the pass rushers there. I don't think they can, you know, some of the things they had on Tom Brady last week were, were a little fluky with those interceptions. Um, so I don't really expect that Washington defense to be as good as it was last week. Um, so I just think this is going to be a real interesting place for, for Carolina to see, like, again, when we talk about some weird team is going to be in the back end of the NFC, like with this quarterback change, I think Carolina has put themselves back in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, if you listen to this podcast over the summer, you know, TA and I were uh, staunch Carolina over betters. And they're at five and five, and they've got the football team, the Dolphins, and the Falcons next. So we need these next three to cash this over because then they play the Bills, the Buccaneers, the Saints, and the Buccaneers. So we're gonna need these next three, Cam. At least get us these three. Uh, but no, I've, I've chosen to also to take the positive side because one, this defense is what we thought it was gonna be in the offseason. It's still good. The, the, the defense is excellent. The Panthers, they can they, got, they can rush the passer. They can play man coverage. They can force you into mistakes. And we saw that the Cole McCoy had no chance in that game last week. And they're able to pick on some of the, you know, the, the quarterbacks like that. Uh, you know, like I said, the end of the season run gets sketchy. These next three we're going to really need. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Cam was a guy that he ran the, the offense well for the Patriots. They just had no weaponry last year and it caught up to him. And then, you know, he had the sickness in the middle of the season. But eventually, just like the Packers or Patriots not have any playmakers, caught up to a guy like, you know, Cam Newton. Um, now he has playmakers. Uh, so hopefully we see some revitalization from DJ Moore. And this offense looks a little bit more what it was like early in the season. I mean, they were just torpedoed by quarterback play. It's really hard. It's really hard to say it was anything other than quarterback play. Even you go back two weeks ago, they lose 24-6 to the Patriots. Like they're hanging around that game still defensively. And yeah, you just can't do anything on offense. It's just an outright, you know, abject disaster. Uh, they played the Giants two weeks ago, and Sam Darnold was like, you know, he throws the one interception where you know he, he's running the boot and he's like, and like on like a flood, and he's just jamming the ball and he overthrows. Like the, the interceptions were head scratching. Even you know, PJ Walker, they just they got out that early lead and they just put the kid's gloves on him. They were like, you're. You're throwing the ball oh, yeah. five yards downfield. <laughs> we're dumping off to Chris McCaffrey every time, and we're going to get out of here with this win, and they were able to do that. Uh, Cam at least gives them a window of upside here, and if Cam protects the football with his running ability to you know, stay ahead of the sticks, yeah, I'm on the more of the positive end too, that this could start to be uh, 
you know, they could be this team that can, can make a little bit run and get in. Now, that said, like I said, this end of, end of season schedule for Carolina is, is really brutal. So we're going to need the, these three dubs to get us to the eight and make, cash that ticket right away. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> if you did, like, listen to those shows, like, I, I wanted to be there with you, but the quarterback no, right. held me back. Like, I, I, I couldn't do it. Um, and now I, I think they have significantly better quarterback play because I think there's at least – you know, a, a floor there, right? Like you can build the the offense around Cam Newton running, um, even if the passing doesn't work. But I think the passing is going to work. I think I, I really trust that system. I think Joe Brady is going to be able to figure out some things to get that offense uh, moving in a way. And like Cam is is healthy. And I think that was a, a big part of you know what they really stressed um, with the signing. I think Matt Rule talked about that last week. Um you know, having Cam be be healthy uh, in in his legs and his shoulder, um, you know, but a year removed from the having COVID, and I think we we saw that w- was a big piece of that. So I think the, the Panthers they're at least fun again, um, which which is going to be great. And like we we talked about this in the last week, we had a uh, you know we talked about it before the Cam officially signed uh, last week. Um, you were talking about like where do the Panthers go from here and with what the decisions they made at quarterback and like they, they paid camp to be um, oh, yeah, this, this starter. starter. Like I, so I, I wrote about that right after, um, you know, he signed um, like they, they gave him significant money. So they, they kind of b- believe they're going to be, you know, now pushing this forward. Um, and like, for as long as Cam's been around, like this could potentially be a, a more than one year thing, right? Because he's he's younger than Matt Stafford, he's younger than you know Ryan Tannehill, he's younger than Russell Wilson, like all these guys that we kind of think are you know they still have a couple years left. Like uh, obviously, you know, injuries have and other things have you know kind of crept up on on Cam a little bit, but like this this can be a thing that that sustains a little bit if it goes well. So I just think they're they're super interesting. So let's let's move on to uh, uh, anything else uh, striking you from this from this early slate of games because we got we got fifteen games again. This uh... yeah, fifteen games <laughs> they're, they're jamming us up. Uh, yeah, I mean early on, I mean I mean Indy Buffalo has got implications uh, obviously because the Colts have been running. I mean it is a kind of a mismatch for them because their pass defense is so bad. Uh, the Colts are another team. Like they need to start being worse against the run. We we joke about that, you know. Yeah. Inherently, because we joked about the Bucks for that, like for a while, like with all the injuries they've had. Back, like stop being so good against the run. <laughs> It'll actually help you for making teams. Nice. And the Colts are in that bucket. Like their run defense is so dynamic and so good. They force teams to throw, and their back end is not held up this year. They've had a lot yep. of secondary injuries. Obviously, um, they've lost a lot of guys. But they, they're so good against the run. Teams are just throwing the ball all over them. Uh, and, you know, we need to uh, – they, they should allow some more runs because the Bills are going to come out and they're not going to be able to run the football. They were able to run it against the Jets because everyone does. And they incorporated a ton of more play action into their offense last week off of the run. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is this this is a, a kind of made up for, like, Dave Ball to just drop back and wing it a bunch uh, against this defense. Yeah, and they, they're kind of, you know, figuring it out a little bit. I think they, they got that Stefan Diggs game uh, that I think we've kind of been been waiting for all year against the Jets, but again, mm-hmm. you know, against the Jets. So you got to take that with you know, multiple grains of salt. Um, they just left it. They just left get people on islands last week against Diggs. <laughs> yeah, but then I think we, you know, you kind of look at that, you know, too high, you know, coverage and like the cover two, and like that's kind of what the Colts do, but they play it, still play it like very passively. Right, like mm-hmm. they're not in an attacking defense like some of these other teams are that that are running these um, 
you know, when you talk about, you know, the two high shell and, and like some of these quarters teams, like the, you know, the, the Rams and uh, even the Packers and stuff, they're, they're playing that aggressively. The Colts are still a very passive, you know, like two high team. So it, you can get them uh, in by being aggressive uh, against them and, and that'll catch them off. Cause they just like, they're, it's very zone heavy. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, the Buffalo is going to be able to, you know, have their way there. And, you know, just on defense, the, it's interesting because, you know, the Colts are able to kind of sit back and let Jonathan Taylor, you know, do his thing. And it's kind of like the um, Derek Henry almost in a little bit, you kind of like let Jonathan Taylor go just long enough that, he, that he's going to break one. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Wentz has been, you know, passing great in, perfect situations uh, and then when anything gets just a, a little muddied uh, that's when he uh it starts to crumble uh, a little bit and uh, the buffalo has been able to put some guys in positions where uh it, it gets a little muddied uh like we said like they they're able to they rush for all the time they're able to get pressure with four uh and i think that that could be a, a you know significant um you know, disadvantage for what the, the culture are trying to do um and then when you have you know as good as Michael Pittman is, yeah, he's not like the number one guy that's going to be able to win against, you know, Tredavious White all the time. So like that, I just think this is not a good matchup for the Colts. No, let me ask you something that's offbeat and it's probably the only Jaguars talk we have this time. Like, oh, let's so do it. Two weeks in a row, like the Jaguars front four has been like dominant rushing the passer. And we saw it in the second half of that game of the Colts, like that completely threw the, the Colts because they were cruising and then, they just couldn't sustain a drive. They started like John Taylor had seven carries for nine yards in the second half. And every time once tried to drop back the pass, he was pressured and the Jaguars got home against the bills repeatedly. Like what's going on with the Jaguars defensive front. Is this just like a weird, another two game sample thing, or like they've got some guys playing like above their station this is two weeks in a row. Like the Jaguars front four has been like absolutely wrecking teams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like they, <laughs> They have some guys. So right now the Jaguars are fourth in pressure rate when rushing four. Um, you know, that's, that's a thing that's, uh, it's all from the last two games. Sustainable. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they don't have a, a high sack rate, so they're not bringing guys down, but they are able to get pressure. But I think when you, you know, look at that defensive line, they've, you know, made high picks to, to bring in guys. So they, they do have uh the pieces there they have some some other younger guys that are able to um you know come in and and be part of that rotation in the interior also um so like that that is like where the strength of the defense is where you would you know kind of think you know josh allen's kind of been you know coming into what josh allen was hopefully uh, going to be so yeah it's just just some of those pieces are in place and they're just kind of able to win there. Like, I I don't know if it's really, really much more than that. Uh, If it's going Mm -hmm. to stand, like they are also a team that doesn't really have the corners uh, to make up for it on the back end too. So that's kind of why, you know, some of those sacks haven't been there because when you, even when you are able to get pressure, um, you know, you can kind of get the ball away because someone's probably going to be open in the back end, but I think they, they have, you know, some, some pieces there, you know, you have, you know, chase on who, um, you know, they, they drafted in the first round in, in 2020, he's been up and down, but I, Josh Allen, you know, obviously has been, you know, pretty big this past couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, we, we don't have to talk about the Jaguars, that <laughs> much, but if, if you're looking for it, a place on that team where, you know, some of that talent is kind of starting to break through, I think it is that front four. 
No, yeah, I was just saying like from last weekend, you know, because the Colts were just absolutely cruising in that game. <laughs> and then yeah. they could do nothing in the second half. Yeah, it's, you know, you kind of wish there was uh, an offense in Jacksonville that could uh, t- take advantage of that and, you know, be able to, you know, hold up with defense. But man, mm. that's, they have uh, not been fun to watch. No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, Lawrence is, Lawrence coming out of the bye, you always look for like a post by rookie bump, right? And it, it hasn't happened there. I mean, he's been one of the most inaccurate passers in the league coming out of that, which is, which is tough against teams that, you know, typically we would, that have not really been that good this season either. So that is, is well, he had the bill sandwich in, but like last week against the Colts, we just talked about how much they, how much they've struggled on the back end. And yeah, it was, it was, it was a struggle for, for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, yeah, it just, it's kind of, <laughs> it has been all year. So I, I want to hit, or you kind of speak of come coming out of a, a buy for a rookie quarterback. The one thing I'm interested in, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this game is what Justin yeah. Fields is going to look like against Baltimore, a team that is going to blitz uh, a whole lot. Justin Fields has been one of the most blitz quarterbacks um, in the NFL since he uh, became the starter. He has not been particularly good against the blitz uh, minus 0.04 EPA per dropback, which is 22nd among quarterbacks. But over the past, his last mm-hmm. three games, which are uh, the uh, four weeks because they were just on a bye, um, 0.38 EPA per dropback against the Blitz, which is fourth in the league in that span. And it's, that's not against bad defenses. That was against Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Pittsburgh. So he's kind of starting to figure some things out. And I think he's you know, processing a little quicker. You kind of, at least you know, playing within the structure of the offense. I think we kind of saw him progress throughout that, that Pittsburgh game a little bit, but now he's going to go against this Baltimore defense. That's going to, the blitz all the time does not always have the coverage. Like we've talked about the, the Ravens defense a, a whole bunch. So um, in terms of progressing a little bit, I think we have seen that from Justin Fields. And I think it's going to be, you know, real kind of, it's going to be a big piece of his development. If that can continue uh, against this Ravens defense, which we know is going to want to bring pressure, hasn't always been able to, to hold up. So if fields can continue this progression here, I think that makes the this second half of the season here coming out of the bye uh, like really interesting for the bears. Yeah, he's someone I'm really uh, kind of wired in on this weekend just from a fantasy stance too. Cause if, you know, if he hits, he's been running a lot more too. Uh, yep. You know, looking for that stretch run and hit that upside, like we saw in the second half against the Steelers as well. I mean, in the Ravens, like we we've talked about the entire season, right? Like they they're they're not going to change defensively, and it's cost them games. I mean, dude, that blown coverage on Thursday night, like no one's guarding Albert Wilson like at all on the play because um, you're so hyper aggressive. Because uh, that was they gave up two huge plays that basically turned the tide of that game. Because uh, the Dolphins were doing nothing, really able to move the ball, and you just have two busted coverages, and that's basically why the Ravens have lived all season, right? Like we've talked yeah. about it all, all time. And so, I mean, they're giving up huge splash plays. The Bears are not a team that has generated a lot of splash plays, but there have been a couple more, like you said. It's slowly turning around a little bit, and you're able to get the ball downfield like they were against the Steelers. So, I yeah, it is it is definitely a spot I'm looking to watch. You know, Fields and then the Ravens particularly came off the bike because the Ravens have been, I we've. We have talked about this a lot, so I wanted to get too deep in it. But we've talked about that, like they've really have not been as good as a team as like public perception has kind of had them as. They've played a lot of games where they've gone through stretches of just giving up big plays. They're pulling out these games at the end. Um, but this, yeah, particularly this defense hasn't been that good in terms of you know not giving up the big play. And then this this third down offense is one of the worst in the NFL. 
I mean, and you saw it against Miami too. I mean, they just have no counterpunch. If you're able to just send the bag at Lamar, and I wonder if teams will start doing it more because we've seen it a little bit because the Bengals are the same thing. Like you just got to, you just got to dial up heat against this Ravens, against this Ravens team. And uh, because they're, they're not able to kind of counterpunch. They did nothing. They made no adjustment in that game on Thursday night, uh, which was wild, but they also were coming off like a hundred play game the week before on a short week and then traveled to Florida. So take that into account too. But this Ravens team has really been really catawampus all year. Like they've been even in games, you know, they, they, they're down 22 points to the Colts. They're chasing points against the lions. Uh, then they constantly smoke the Chargers. Like it's it's been they've been all over the, all over the board all year. Yeah, and I mean, when you just look at it on third down, Lamar Jackson has been blitzed on forty seven point seven percent of his third down uh, dropbacks uh, per True Media, which is uh, the highest in the league. There are only two other quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Mac Jones, who are over forty percent. Uh, and Hertz is at second at 42.5. And they've so converted the least significantly. Yeah. They're, they're last in the NFL in third down conversions on throws on passing. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that of why, like in Odell Beckham could have made sense there as a guy you might be able to, cause they just, you know, you have that, you have Mark Andrews who has been their go-to there. Uh, but when you can, you know, double cover him in the middle of the field, you don't really have that other guy. Like just uh, Marquise Brown just isn't the type of guy who you want, you know, to rely on, on, on a third and seven. Um, you know, we, we might see Rashad Bateman a little more. And I think that's, that's kind of what we've been waiting for. He kind of, you know, is you know showing some flashes they just haven't really been able to consistently get him the ball and everything was just a mess uh in that thursday game so i think they they really need to rely on him like if bateman isn't that guy this year i think they they are in trouble when they do face those those certain longs because it's either like lamar is bailing them out with his legs um which you know when teams are sending that extra pressure like it there is a little less room for him to escape the pocket um and so they, they just don't have that guy you can rely on that's going to get open. So I don't think Lamar has been particularly bad on those third downs. It's not like he's throwing off target. And it's not like a, a like a Baker Mayfield situation where like they just, you know, you ask him to drop back and on third and long. And that's just not going to work out because the offense is structured that way. It's, you know, they don't really have the pieces to take advantage of that. So it's 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 tough and it, it does put them in in a hard situation when you know those early down runs aren't working because that that run game just isn't as good as as it was right um and, you know we talked about that a lot too so um that that's something that if they're going to you know go far in, in the playoffs like that is a piece that, that really needs to be fixed so i think bateman is is the key to that if that works out then i think that could be successful but if not then it it is going to be really tough and it does put a lot of pressure on that early down play calling and that early down success and not put them in those situations um so i brought up jalen hurts let's talk about him uh, a little bit and talk about the eagles and saints because this is another uh game where the saints uh the best run defense in the league right now by dvoa um, that is forcing some teams to pass. The Saints have been okay uh, in pass defense, but it, it's it hit or miss. They're, they're a high-variance team, especially on those outside corners. But the Eagles right now are this team that you know, they now, like they lose Miles Sanders, and they're like, I think we're, we should run the ball now. Um, so that, that has kind of been their, their MO over the, over the past couple of weeks and, and it's worked, um, like they are, I think first in, in EPA per play, um, over the past couple of weeks. And, you know, part of that is some of the offenses, uh, that they have been playing, but, um, you know, 
it's it's now the the run and Jalen Hurts throwing the ball deep down the field right now over the uh, 15 uh, 38.6% of Jalen Hurts passes have gone uh, 15 or more yards uh, past the line of scrimmage over the past uh, three weeks. I think Mike White is second at 27.9. Josh Allen is third at 23.9. So like that's significant, like almost 40% of Jalen Hurts pass attempts uh, lately have been going 15 or more yards uh, past the line of scrimmage. So like they are, you know, figuring that out. Like Devontae Smith is starting to like, he won that contested catch uh, against Pat Sertan uh, in the, the Broncos game. So they're kind of, you know, figuring some things out, but this new Orleans defense is very interesting in a team that, it plays that run defense really well. Uh, so might be able to stop it if, you know, Philadelphia has been able to, is going to want to run. Um, and then we've also seen when the Eagles have been pass heavy, especially, you know, early in the season, that didn't work out quite as well. This is interesting because, you know, obviously it was a different scheme on uh, a different staff, but, you know, Jalen Hurts' first start came against the Saints last year. Uh, and they were able to they run all over the Saints. They actually staffed the streak of like the 100 yard rushers that Saints had allowed. And because right. Miles Sanders ran for 100 yards, and so did Jalen Hurts in his first start. So with the QB runs, they can still add a different wrinkle to it. I don't think they're going to run the ball as effectively as they did the last three weeks because they've literally faced toward the 29th, the 32nd, 23rd run defenses in terms of DVOA. Uh, against the Lions, the Chargers, and the Broncos. So I don't think they're going to have as much success, and I don't think we're going to see this, like, really uh, dynamic split like we've seen. And then they've run 20 passing plays in the second half the past three games, like in the year of 2021 of football, uh, (laughs) because they haven't had to. Uh, But in the first half of the game, it was the balance, right? It was the mix of the run pass that got them out to that lead, and then they just turtled because – that's what they did. I mean, and they should add more points because our boy Quez Watkins catches that perfectly thrown oh, ball. I, um, I mean, Quez, man, you're hurting us, brother. We, we, we've been we've been stumping you for you forever, and you know that was that was a perfect throw by Hertz. Um, it was, yeah. But it was the uh, it was the balance though that they had. The, what just them? We had talked about this again. The Nick Sirianni thing, the, the game planning that they're doing, and just the, the situations they're forcing this offense into, and why you know everyone talked about well, it hurts is only good in the fourth quarter because it's all these game plans that they were thrust into. But these quarterbacks that are like Jalen Hurts, when you have the balance, the run pass, and the duality, that's when you end up the shot plays. And these guys typically have high yards or pass mm-hmm. attempts. Um, and and the the big component of this game, I think particularly is if Dallas Goddard's able to play or not, who's in the concussion protocol, yeah. because, you know, without Dallas Goddard, uh, you know, you're left with Jack Stoll and Tyree Jackson. And we've seen they, they shifted after Goddard got hurt in that game. They basically were an 11 personnel team after that. And they've been, been more of a 12 personnel team during this stretch, you know, of, you know, being a balanced offense. So if Goddard can't play, they actually might not be able to run the football as good uh, scheme wise, just because, you know, you're, you're removing those two tight ends in the field for another wide receiver against a really good run defense. But, you know, like I said, Hertz's legs give them a wild card, even against a good run defense. So uh, yeah, I'm very excited. This game, the saints still can't figure them out. I mean, Simeon's been yeah. like really good in both fourth quarters and like really sketchy, like quarters one through three. Uh, they had a good shot to win that game last week though, again. So, I mean, it's, it's the saints are just one of these teams. Like they Every game, man, it's they're 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 still live. They're draw they're drawing something. Uh, it, it's it's never pretty, uh, but they're always they're always there. <laughs> yeah, and like this is you know a you know a Philadelphia defense that's kind of you know a kind of finding out what it does well too. I mean, they they still have pieces along the. Well, they're good the against lines. these types of teams, right? Like the yeah. Broncos and probably the Saints, right? Like they're good against 
teams that have like okay quarterback play and necessarily may not have like really dynamic playmakers. And then when they face these teams like Dallas or like the Chargers yeah. a couple weeks ago, like that scheme doesn't hold up. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, they're, they're still trying to you know, figure out what to do. Corner Darius Slay has been, you know, you're pretty good uh, for most of the year. He had the, you know, the, the big fumble uh, return uh, last week. So, but they, they still have the, you know, those pieces along the defensive line that, that can get pressure and that'll um, be interesting that that helps the, everything. And I think it's just, I think that's, you know, one of the interesting things about the, the Eagles, they were just, you know, the team built on, on those two lines and they still like where the veteran players and, and the money was on that team, you know, heading into the season with those two lines and they are playing well like that. The offensive line has been playing really well, which is, you know, also, you know, with, you know, the, the tight ends have been a big piece of, of the run blocking that has been able to, you know, sustain that run game that's been able to, to carry them. So if they can um, win this game, look at the rest of their layout. Yeah. I mean, they, they, if they can win this game, then they, they play the Giants, the Jets. They got two games against the football team and they play the Giants again. Like they really, the Cowboys are all the only daunting thing left on their schedule past this game. So if you can get to five and six, like the Eagles might be one of those teams we open the show with. Like we, we could be talking about the Eagles playing a playoff game. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, that's, that's kind of what this is the bottom of the NFC. And that's like, that's just, that's why we're bringing them up now because they mm-hmm. are just playing in this way where they could, you know, steal a game or two. And when you look like the, the second half, of the season schedule is going to matter a whole bunch for a lot of teams. We brought it up a bunch for, for these teams. And it's just when you like look it up, like it, the Eagles could be making, and it's not just like they're this team that's going to get into this, the easy schedule. Like they are, they're playing legitimately well, which is what continues to, to make them interesting. So, um, and you know, we'll, we'll see against the saints. It's, it's a, it's a big matchup. It's something that is kind of like it's strength on strength here. And we'll, we'll see what, what goes. And if, you know, like the Eagles can adjust uh, at any point. And that's, I, I think that's one of, I think the, the biggest questions here, if, you know, something doesn't go right for them, can they kind of pivot and they kind of pivoted to, you know, a more run heavy uh, type scheme a, a little bit, but we'll, we'll see if they can continue to, uh, you know, to make adjustments on the fly. Um, I don't know. Do, I don't know if we want to talk about Sunday night football all that much if we're going to get another Mason Rudolph game, if we, we don't even know like who's I mean, and, and both sides, game I mean, who's even going to play yeah. in that game. I mean, we might not have TJ Watt. We might not have Joe Hayden. Minka Fitzpatrick is on COVID. Uh, Joey Bosa's on Bosa's COVID. Out. Tillery. Yeah. Tillery's like, oh, it's yeah, we're missing bodies. We don't know if Michael Davis is going to play, if he's going to come back yet with him being out, they've started the chargers. Uh, have started to give some big games and some wide receivers. Uh, yeah. I don't know who's going to play in that game, but I mean, if you want to just talk about the, the chargers thing in general, because you wrote about Herbert early in the season and it's kind of, you know, been a talking it's point still a this thing. past. It, it's yeah. I mean, you look at it, uh, you know, I put a bunch of stuff in the worksheet this week about, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's 28th and, and, you know, a dot using play action. He's last week, he had a 4.8 yard average depth of target without pressure. That's not a quarter. <sighs> that's like, that's scheme, no. like that's structure. Yeah. Um, and I understand like you have two guys in Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen, they're going to inherently lower quarterbacks eight out anyways when you, cause they command the football so much and that's where they're going to get the football. But I mean, they didn't throw one ball further than 20 yards downfield last week. And like I said, even from a clean pocket, eight out 4.8 yards. I mean, yeah. What are we doing here? What are we doing chargers? Yeah. It's just like, they're, they're still like Joe Lombardi is, is running his saints like system. Like they still have, you know, Drew 20, Brees. 20 yeah. Brees. Yeah. <laughs> um, like just let Justin Herbert throw it. Like that's, 
Like, and he's, he's playing really well. Like he's, he's like, he's not doing many things wrong. And I think it's just like, it's so much of, you know, we talked about this, you know, early in the season that now brought it up a bunch, just like it's, I think it's just ingrained in, in the system. Like if that, that check down's open, like throw it. And I think they're, they're getting to that just a little too quickly and they could be you know, opening some things up and that's, you know, put them in those long third down situations. Um, and they were a team that early in the year was the killing on those third down situations the past couple of weeks, they haven't been. So when you are a team that's so reliant on converting on those third downs and you're like calling your early down plays because you have that confidence in the third down. Now, once those third downs aren't working quite as well as they were, then that puts your whole offense in the tank. And that's kind of what we've seen the, the past couple of weeks where they've really struggled. Like he's just not converting those third and seven and more, um, you know, at, at the rate they were. And like, we saw that coming, like, obviously, like we kind of talked about it, like he looks like he's a guy who can continue to do that because he's putting the ball in the right place. He's making these ridiculous throws, but you just can't sustain, you know, what a 50% conversion rate on, you know, third and seven. It's just, it's not going to happen. Um, and, and that's what we're seeing the past couple of weeks. They're still playing those, those early downs to set up like a manageable third down. They just haven't been able to convert on third down quite as much because like, that's just, it's such high variance. And so if they're a little more aggressive on those early downs, they don't put themselves in that situation. I think that that'll open some things up, like just make the third down plays on, on first down. Like it's, it's not like where, I mean, we're saying it now and sitting and, and talking into a microphone, but like, just like, Oh, and opening it up on those early downs, it just it feels like it's such an obvious answer for what has really like just not been working for the Chargers the past couple of weeks. Yeah, listen, my, uh, as as a staunch DFS player of Mike Williams last week, it was very disappointing. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's just like it's one of these things where it, it should just be so much better than it is, and it, it's like it and it's frustrating because of that. Like we see teams that like can't do things on on early downs and. Uh, you know, have bad play calls there that are, you know, setting the back, but it's just like, when it's the chargers and like, we've seen what Herbert can do. It's just like, it's such an easy answer when it's just, it's going against your quarterback strengths. And that's, I think the, the most frustrating part about it, it's not playing to his strengths at all. Uh, and you know, if you're going to go against this, this Pittsburgh defense that just might not have anyone playing, um, like if they're not going to push the ball down the field there, then like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, there, and we talked about it with Fields a little bit. I mean, the Steelers actually, their back end has begin, given up a little bit of the deep ball too. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's another spot. But the Vikings are the same way, right? Like the Vikings, the, like the, when you want to attack the Vikings, you want to press the ball downfield for success, and they didn't do it last week either. So it's hard to have like blind faith and say, yeah, they're going to attack the weakness of the Steelers' defense downfield, especially if Joe Hayden's not going to play, and they're not going to have his pass rush. The last time T.J. Watt missed the game, they only – pressured joe burrow on three of his dropbacks so yeah well, i don't know it's you will we was wait, wait for the light to flip on because uh, i do think it's been an upgrade over anthony lynn it's just these this hurdle of you know like i said coaching these guys up to their strength yeah and it's just like it just kind of seems like this is ingrained in the system and kind of kind of hoped that was going to change after the buy you know we had you know we were all fun and over the, the Brandon Staley talking points of, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, look at ourselves and this is, you know, what we do. And this is the point of the buy that we can, you know, self-scout. Uh, and then it just, you know, hasn't really changed. So um, 
it's it's been a, a bit disappointing. And if they can't take advantage, um, you know, uh, on Sunday night, then I think it's it's going to be you know real tough to see you know how this offense really progresses going forward, despite the pieces, because they're all they're all really good. <laughs> um, and, and that's you know again what's frustrating. Um, all right, so let's hit Monday night like real quick. We don't have to talk about another uh, Monday night football Giants well, game. Like, get, why? Why does the, Why does the NFL do that to us? Yeah, well, they played on Monday night last year, but I mean, I, I mean, do you have any Bengals are pretty interesting, right? Bengals Raiders. Yeah, sure. Let's we can uh, we can do that. Instead. I mean, unless you have an um, actual take you want to give on Monday night, I have nothing dialed in. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, <laughs> I don't. Um, so, like the thing about the Raiders right now is like they i think they've they've kind of fallen apart on the offense uh, a little bit and i think you know the henry ruggs thing obviously like you know incredibly tragic off the field but on the field like they just they don't have that piece anymore and i think that has really hamstrung what they've been able to do like Derek carr's a dot has you know just the plummeted but they um, have to they, pl- they have to play jackson more right like he like at this yeah, point in the season i, I like think he that just has that to play is, more than this you know yeah he had i think you know you're always the deshaun jackson thing is because that is the element they need right but you're always always on the verge of playing Deshaun Jackson not enough to make an too impact, much. but also too much <laughs> that he's, you know, going to, you know, pull, pull a hamstring when he's, you know, running those rats. You just, you kind of have to have that balance. That's the, I mean, at his age, uh, that's just kind of what you have to do at this point. But yeah, he had, he had the, the deep, uh, the deep perception, um, like it, at live, it almost looked like he like lateraled it. Like I, and like that's, <laughs> it wasn't that's a great easy, juke, man. It wasn't easily, a great juke That's how all. easily that ball got punched out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that is an element of, of what they need because they just, they don't have anyone else really who, who can do that uh, quite as much. So I think they're, they're still trying to figure out um, what they need to do there. And, and the Bengals, you know, they're a team that kind of needs to, you know, get it back uh, on track. Uh, a little bit and i think they'll they'll be probably be able to do it ag- against this raiders team again that's that's going to play some of that you know with single high you know cover three i think this this can be a, a pretty easy jamar chase game and especially like a team that can go three wide like this uh, i think it's going to be real hard for for the raiders to um be able to like casey hayward's playing really well um but when you go you know past him at cornerback i think that's that's when they really start to struggle you can take advantage of some of their safeties in, in deep coverage um so I think that that's really a, a piece where, um, and like, again, we're going to say the Bengals are going to come out and empty. They're going to get the ball out quickly. The Raiders are a team that's not going to blitz. They can have pressure with that front four. They're one, again, one of the best teams at creating pressure with the front four backs. Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe has been great, but the Bengals are going to play their way out of that, right? Cause they're going to be an empty. They're going to get the ball out quickly. Uh, so I, I think it is going to be a tough matchup for the Raiders on, on that point. Yeah, and the Raiders got pressure when they could against um, Mahomes uh, on Thursday night, but it didn't matter because, like you said, it was everything was coming out, coming out quick. I mean, they pressured him on forty percent of his dropbacks. Just didn't matter because it was coming out, it was coming out so hot. Yeah, and and with Mah- you know with Mahomes, I, I, he was yeah, you know able to scramble a little more, and without you know the with man coverage, he was able to you know wait for you know a Tyree kill a double move uh, to, to get open. And I think um, just the, the Bengals, I think are, are going to just kind of p- pick that apart um, a, a little bit. And I think, um, you know, the, the Bengals can get pressure uh, too. They, like, they, they still have been able to do that on, on that side of the ball. And I, that's where we've kind of seen Derek Carr, um, you know, kind of turn into 
um, you know, previous versions of Derek Carr, where you start getting pressure on him, he starts getting hit a little bit, that speeds up his process, that gets the ball out quicker. Uh, then he's throwing, you know, a, a four-yard route instead of the 15-yard route he was, you know, throwing earlier in the season. Uh, so I just think it's been really tough for the Raiders. They they haven't really adjusted uh, to this point, and I don't see it. Um, you know, happening uh, against the Bengals, you know, uh, quite as much. So I think uh, I just kind of think the Bengals have just kind of the advantage on both sides of the ball here. So on that note, I think we've, you know, hit uh, pretty much. I, all, saved you. Uh, I saved you from all... any Giants takes. Yeah, we just, yeah, we don't, we don't have to do that. Um, no apologies to everyone who now has to watch the Giants. It's just the third time in, your second time in like four weeks, we have a, a Giants team against a really good team on Monday night. Like I just, just is this a Manning cast game or no? Uh, I don't know. Cause I did enjoy Eli calling the Giants game and like not trying to like say anything negative about the Giants during the game. <laughs> and, and all the while, um, the John, Stewart. John Stewart was trying to go to him and do it. Yeah. It's great. Um, let's see. Manning cast week 11. Yeah, I, I would love uh, to see Google him. this um it's a shame how corporate the manning cast has gotten you feel like the network's forcing all these guests on them because i would love to just do like more eli and peyton segments or it's just yeah. those two guys yeah that's 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 when the magic uh really happens i think that's that's when they've they've been at their best and it just they have you can see when the guest comes on peyton, peyton almost flips to like a talk ho- talk a talk show host uh right. mode when they when they, you know, they bring the guest on to try to steer the conversation, but when it's just him and Eli, Peyton starts to go into his bag on what's happening, uh, and that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I want yeah, Peyton I've to tell seen. me all the things he's seeing from like what we would see him process stuff pre snap, right? Like on the field. When, right. <laughs> that's what I want. I want more of that. Yes. Less Draymond yeah. Green, who was fine, who was an excellent guest, but le- less of those guys. I don't really need them during my football broadcast. I need LeBron coming on during my football, uh, you know, telecast. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely. I will will agree with that. I can't find anything about whether uh, maybe they took it off for this Giants. Is, yeah. is one or not? Yeah, it's possible. But I would um, love to see them do the Giants again, and then plus you have the Brady factor, Brady playing. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, like these are the types of games. Like, yeah, I can think we kind of say that every week either like the super bad games are the really intriguing ones are, are the ones they uh, are real good at so on that note we'll end uh the show here a reminder that uh, it is uh sharp football free week everything uh on the site is is unlocked so all of rich's uh fantasy content that is usually behind the paywall if you are not a subscriber um the one you should be uh but two uh you are able to get all of that content for uh free and unlocked this week uh so when you're hearing this on you know friday you, you have a couple of days left um remember you can uh follow our work on sharpfootballanalysis.com follow uh sharp football on twitter at uh sharp fb uh, analysis uh remember rich has a uh, fantasy podcast on this we have ryan mccrystal doing a betting show on this podcast feed uh you should be listening to both of those shows in addition to this one you can find rich on twitter at ward reeves you can find me on twitter at dan Pizzuta. thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon 